Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC Podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. This episode, we are breaking down just exactly how Chelsea Academy broke Juventus down 4-0 in the Champions League, as well as discussing how Ben Chilwell's injury could impact our season. Now, here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Berth and Chris. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. Now, we know we have a huge listenership over in the United States who are currently celebrating Thanksgiving. It was yesterday, but I thought we could uh, kick this episode off with something that we are all grateful or thankful for about this season, or in general. Uh, Chris Berth, what are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful that I get to do this pod with one wonderful host and one maybe not so wonderful host. I'm not going to mention any names, Chris. but you Yeah, know, I'll uh, transfer really... that tenor over for saying yeah, that later. No, it's yeah, right. it's just re- I'm really grateful. <laughs> and, and seriously, it's grateful to, to be here talking about Chelsea. There's not many Chelsea fans around my area, um, so it's just good to talk to you boys about Chelsea every week. Um, and it's just just really good. Gets me, makes me escape from my uh, normal life struggles, shall we say? So I appreciate you boys. I just thought I'd say that oh, just to uh, just be nice. Oh, that's really nice, isn't it? I don't, it is nice. I, I thought it'd be nice. It, it is nice, and we do enjoy it, don't we? And we do have a laugh sometimes, occasionally. True, we do. True. We do. We do. Yeah. We do. Oh. Uh, what am I thankful for? Thomas Tuchel. Yeah. Yes, good show. <laughs> that's Very fair. Good show. <laughs> Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think that's a very good, very good shout. I'm thankful for science because without that, I'd still be feeling ill because that seems to have been my week. So <laughs> it's getting there. We're getting there. Health's getting there. But um, before we hit that newsroom, it's time for the, uh, for the, I don't know why I wrote that on my script, uh, for another round of who is that former blue. This week, is it a tough one? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's a tough one. Um Four facts, though, so it might be a tough one. Oh, he's got four this week. I four. Three well, yeah, he, that's he, um, that's he owns a Champions League runners-up medal. He has two League Cup winners' medals to his name and was voted the Young Player of the Year for both Chelsea and one other club, whom he was on loan to at the time. And the final fact, now this is a, this is a good one. We've never done this before. He's played with Ashley Cole, Stephen Berghouse, and Tyrone Mings, all at club level. Oof. Um, so that is that is a bloody tough one. I I'm, I'm um, liking this one. Um, that's that is a good one. Answers... Can I get easier again, please? <laughs> answers will be at the end. Uh, I'm sure any listeners have have thinking. Oh, I might know that one. If you do, fair play. So yeah, with that though, we're going to head straight to the newsroom and see what the latest is at Stamford Bridge. Well, it's our weekly roundup. We're going to head straight to the elevator of Chelsea news. Mason Mount is reportedly ready to sign a new long-term contract at Stamford Bridge. Marina Granovskaya has been named the best club director in European football at the Golden Boy Awards. Talks have resumed between Chelsea and Andreas Christensen over a new contract, and it is believed there's been a, bake, a, bake, a breakthrough with a new deal very close to being signed. 
Chelsea remain reluctant to offer Antonio Rudiger the demands he wishes and a summer exit is now looking ever more likely. Ben Chilwell may well require surgery on his ACL injury, which would rule the defender out for six to nine months or, well, the rest of the current season at the very least. That's going to be decided in the next six weeks. Liverpool and Barcelona are apparently interested in Christian Pulisic. Chelsea are working to extend Thiago Silva's contract until 2023. And Ian Matson, who's currently on loan at Coventry City, could head back to Chelsea during the January transfer window if Chilwell's injury does prove to be a season-ending one. So, what's taking your interest this week? Though I have a feeling it might be Chili B. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all slightly gutted. Well, very gutted that he's um, he suffered an ACL injury. Obviously, a, a terrible injury at any time, but he was seemingly in the form of his life, real crucial part to how we play. Uh, and he will be a big miss. He's going to be a massive miss. So hopefully, it's he's not out for the whole season. Um, but obviously, you don't want to rush him back as well. So you know, it's it's a real sad one to see. And he did look in agony on. Um, on Tuesday or Wednesday when he's repaired now. Um, so it's it was an awful one to look at, but I'm sure he'll come back stronger. Um, and I, th- I think we've got a really good like, backup full-back option, a wing-back option in Marcus Alonso. I've seen a lot of people giving him some stick over the past week or so, which I think is actually quite unfair on Marcus Alonso. At left-back, he isn't the greatest, we all know that. But a wing-back, he's proven even this season that he can do a very, very good job. Yes, he's not quite venture well. It is a slight downgrade, but Marcus Alonso has scored many important goals for us. He's technically a terrific player, very good pass to the ball, very good cross of the ball. He's fantastic at arriving into the box very late and getting goals. So I, I don't think we should be worried. I was thinking the other day, I, I think you look at Liverpool a couple of seasons ago when they lost Van Dijk, that I think you could look at and think that will lose them the Premier League, that loss in the Premier League, because they're nothing then. And no one's come in and replaced Virgil van Dijk. We've got someone that can come in and replace Ben Chilwell. We have. I don't think it's going to cost us the Premier League losing Ben Chilwell. He's been unbelievable, but I don't think it will cost us the Premier League, if that makes sense. I mean, I was thinking when it went down, I just thought, yeah, part of me was the normal fan where I go, how royally fucked is our season? Because he has been outstanding along with our other wing-back Reece yeah. James. Yeah. And then I thought, yeah. let's turn it into a positive and go, we love a challenge. <laughs> It is a scary thought because he's, you know, Alonso started the season off amazingly and Chilwell obviously had the Euro hangover that everyone keeps calling it. And then he came in the squad and wow, what, he's in the form of his life. And now he's just been cut down in the form of his life. And you think, ah, it is one of those grunt but, noises. You go, really? Right now? Yeah. We, we also thought that, like, you know, losing Lukaku, I know it's not for whole season, but losing Lukaku for what? Was it six, four or five games? We thought, we're not going to score any goals. We're going to be terrible. We're going to lose a few points here and there. And look what's happened. You know, we, we've scored more goals without Lukaku. So, it's, you know, the way Tuchel manages, I think I think he'll find a solution. I think this team can find a solution. Under Lampard, I think everyone's looking around and thinking, what do we do when there's an injury, when we can't score? You know, no one knew what I was doing. I think now Tuchel, with the right mindset, right coaching, he, he can manoeuvre this team around. You know, he, if he loses a player, someone else can come in and do a job, knows their role, doesn't need anyone to like guide them. They know what they're doing. And I think that's, it's obviously a massive shame for Ben Chilwell. I'm gutted because he's a magnificent player for us. But we've got Alonso. I don't think we should be, it's a concern, big concern, but I don't think we should be saying, look, we're not going to win the league now because of Ben Chilwell being out. Uh, that's a very fair point. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, the injury? 
I actually agree with with everything you said, Berth, to be honest. I think when it happened and you could see the sort of injury it was, because it wasn't like a tackle, which is going to be an impact. It was always going to be some ligament or muscle related. You've sort of feared the worst. And my actual first thought was, I'm glad it's not Reese James. Cause I think, He's been our player of the season. He's I think losing, real. I think losing Chilwell is obviously devastating for him and and for the team because he has been unbelievable this season. But we have got a good backup in Marcus Alonso. Whereas I think yeah. if we'd lost Reese James, we haven't got a like for like backup on that side of the pitch. Mm. So I, I I do think Alonso can come in and uh, and do a really good job. I think the only thing Chilwell's better at than Alonso is he's quicker. And he's got a better delivery from crosses, but Alonso is a better goal scorer. So that sort of balances out. And now, just thinking about it over the past few weeks, how often have we seen Chilwell or Reese James, for that matter, having to sprint back to cover space in behind them? It's so rare now because of what mm. it's normally Rudiger and Christensen or Chalaber on the other side who are covering that space anyway. So the lack of pace issue isn't really massive anymore with the the way that we're playing now because they're playing so much higher up the pitch. Oh I wouldn't gosh, be surprised yeah. though to see to see um Saul play there because Yeah I've seen them well Chilwell and Reese James have been coming inside a lot and playing almost like midfielders. And obviously Saul is a midfielder but he has played wing back before for Athletic Madrid. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a run there and maybe it's the thing that he needs to kickstart his Chelsea career as well. The, the other name I've seen that potentially could play there, and I don't know how I feel about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask you boys. How about Hudson Adoy playing there? Oh. No, I don't think no, he's no, Hudson Adoy out of the front three at the minute. I think he's. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. He's probably our, our best performing player in that front three at the minute. So I don't think he can come out of there. I'd, I'd rather put Pulisic there if, if, if between the two of them, I think. I, I wouldn't put either of those two there. If I'm honest, I think I think it has to be Alonso. I've never really. Yeah, I think it should be Alonso. Yeah, or even Aspilicueta, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got options though. Yeah, I mean, Reese James is our top scorer and top goal provider as well. Five goals, five assists. You know what? You could argue he's been our best player. Oh, easily, easily. I'd say that right now. Halfway. Are we at the halfway point? Are we nearly at eight? Oh no, it's Christmas. We're uh, at the eleven halfway games point. would be bad. Eleven games. Yeah. That, I'm, I'm wishing the game, wishing the season away. I am. Um, yeah, we're, uh, we'll hopefully, hopefully we'll be, we'll be all right. Uh, anything else from this week? I mean, the Pulisic thing, unless they're going to give us Gabby in a swap deal, I'm not really interested. Uh, Rudiger, we kind of already sort of get the vibe that he's off. Christensen was some good news, if that's the case. Yeah, no, Christensen is great news. I think the one that made me laugh the other day was these rumours going around that Mason Mount was. He's off to Madrid. Happy. Yeah, and I Arsenal and Man- I was like, what? <laughs> that's, and I was like, that's got to be bullshit. And I was like, yeah, it's on a new contract. It's like, yeah, like he'd ever just go after the season he's just had, won the Champions League. He obviously loves Chelsea, loves the fans, loves playing for us. Why would he just not be happy? It, it's some of these things you see in the in the media and on Twitter. You know, well, it, it just it's really amazing that people believe that stuff. I love the fact that it linked with Liverpool. We thought, oh, and then straight away, it was almost like they threw it on. I saw and Bayern Munich, and I thought, here we are. The Bayern Munich link to a Chelsea yeah. player has to be done. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's, it's classic. Exactly. Um, right, so Juventus, we'll, we'll go into that game review. Uh, it was a tasty midweek bit of action. 
you know, Champions League returned. Chelsea decided to invite Juventus to Stamford Bridge. Very nice of us. And we gave them a true textbook scoring on how to play football. You know, it was a demolition job. It was done. done well, it was really well done on the side from Turin. Uh, 4-0. That's their heaviest defeat in the Champions League. Juventus, 4-0. So that's a nice record. Um, many talking points, obviously. I mean, we've just touched on Chilwell. So other than the Chilwell, break that game down for us, guys. I'll bring Chris in first. Uh, outstanding performance from right from the start. It was... You could see that the best thing, I think, about this team under Thomas Tuchel is they learn from their mistakes. And you could see when we played Juventus in Turin, we had a lot of the ball, but we moved it far too slowly and we made it easy for them to defend against us. Mm. Right from the first minute here, we were moving the ball so much quicker, so much higher up the pitch, lots more switches of play, one and two touch stuff around the box. It was really good. And... I think someone who deserves credit and had a, a mixed game, but also had a really good game was Hakim Ziyech. Yes, yeah, 100%. I, I thought first half, he almost tried too much and he gave away some some passes in, in, in areas that killed attacks and it made him look like he was having a bad game. But he was actually trying to be that player who unlocked the, the Juventus defence. And then I thought second half, he got so much better because he started finding those passes and he was actually key to the the scoreline getting away from him. Um, so it was really good for it to see him come in and, and play well. And it just shows the, the depth in our squad that someone who, I mean, we looked at a few weeks ago and was like, he's, he's not playing well at all. Yeah. He can come off. He can start a game, a big European game like that and play like that. I thought it was really good. Uh, but everyone again, was really impressive. It was very much like the Leicester game. Like you couldn't really fault anyone. Um, but one person that I do think deserves a lot of credit and part of the news as well about Thiago Silva giving him a new contract. I think we should. I know he's 37, but he doesn't play like a 37 year old. And I don't think another year is going to make that much difference. And he is an absolutely unbelievable defender. I'm starting to doubt his age is genuinely 37 because he doesn't play anything near. Okay. It's, I mean, look at Zlatan in Serie A. We we are relevant to what you think people think of Serie A. He's forty and he's 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 smashing games. Is exactly. I think Thiago Silva as well. It's the impact he's had on everyone else. Like you mm. can see, you can see mm. the impact he's had on Trevor Chalaber. You know, his improvement, Chalaber, has been massive in such a short space of time. And. I believe that Thiago Silva's had something to do with that, training with that guy every day, just picking up little tips off him. Because Chalaba was come back on loan. When he come back in the summer, no one was talking about Chalaba being anywhere near the first team. Everyone expects him to go out on loan again. Mm. So he's obviously picking up something from somewhere. And Thomas Tuchel obviously has a big part in that as well. But I do think Silva's been huge for Chalaba, Christensen and Rudiger. I think all of them have learned something from him and, his goal line clearance in the Juventus game summed up everything he's good at. He made a mistake in the first place. He was too deep and he played Morata on side. But as soon as that ball went over his head, he knew Morata could only lift it over the goalkeeper. So started to go back onto the line rather than getting attracted to the man. Cleared it off the line, no goal. And I think it's those little things that you can't, it are really difficult to teach uh, instinctive things that they pick up through years of experience and that that is invaluable so I would I would give him the other year yeah oh 100% I mean you say about um, Chalaba you know 
the score sheet against Juventus had him on it, and he was he was amazing. He was a real standout in that game. To be fair, um, so we're not we're not too bad for a defensive football side, if I'm honest. I mean, just the four 0 that's not too bad for a defensive side. We'd have all preferred one 0 you know, but we we keep calm. We know what Poch means. We're a bit defensive, but. <laughs> Wow. I mean, we said about Rich James earlier. He's easily the best right back in Europe for me right now. Sorry, I'm saying it. Trent Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's solid. He is. And okay, we're going to be a little biased, but still. Rich James is 21 years old and he's on top of his game. You know, the goal was something special. The pass was maybe a bit lucky, but still great. And then you look at the ball control. I mean, that man can stop a ball near perfect. It is, uh, uh, to be honest... I don't. I didn't think he could get this good. If that makes sense, like I, I thought he's yeah, doing things now good. that I never thought I'd see him do. Like the touch for our third goal, really good pass it over to him. It did look like mid-air cross turn to control the ball, and it's like a right back shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> a right back shouldn't be doing that. And then he, he pings the ball for the fourth goal, about forty yards on a diagonal on a half volley. His goal was outrageous. He almost scored an unbelievable goal in the first half. Um, Picking up spaces in midfield and like striking players off the ball, I didn't think it was possible. Now I think Trent Trent Alexander Arnold is probably is a better passer than uh, than Rhys James. I, I think we can all probably agree with that. But I don't think I've ever seen a right back be considered unplayable like Rhys James has at the minute. But mm. he's actually unplayable. He's really hard to defend against. Now yeah, Trent, if you give him space, he can whip balls in. But you could you could defend against him if you go one on one. At the minute, Rhys James. He's making these runs. You can't get near him. You just can't get near him. His strength is too much. His movement is too much. His passing is getting better and better now. His shooting is, is like a striker. It's um, it's actually scary how good he's getting now. Um, and I think, is he the best right back in the world at the moment? On current form, you'd have to say yes. Um, yeah. I think Cancelo would probably run him close, even though he plays at left back. I think Trent would probably run him close. But at the minute, on current form, I don't think you can look past Reese James, to be honest. No, no, 100%. I think with Trent as well, I think Trent's helped a lot by the fact that Mohamed Salah plays on that side of the pitch. So yeah, possibly, yeah. He, he attracts a lot of defensive attention, which does give Alexander-Arnold space. It's a good tactical setup from Liverpool, the way they do it, but it does give him a lot of space. And I think Trent is an unbelievable crosser of a football. I think he's a yeah. better crosser than Rhys James. I think he's more consistent. I think Rhys James puts in some unbelievable balls, but he's like one in five. Whereas I think Trent's more like one in three, one in two will be an unbelievable cross. But I think Rhys James is an all-round better player. He's a better dribbler. He's stronger. I would argue he's quicker. I think he's better defensively. Mm. He's more of a goal threat from open play. I think he looks now like an all-round footballer who you could almost put anywhere on the pitch and he could do a job. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, overall, you know, obviously the score sheet had Chalaba, Rhys James and hudson on three Cobham graduates and obviously the Timo goal. That's that's icing on top of the performance, I must, I must admit. Um, yeah. And I, I love how this team is, is bearing. You know, you've got Rhys, who was absolutely man of the match for me. Ziek was a bright spark we've touched on. Loftus Cheek as well. He, he yeah, lost I'm, that I'm game. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because he came on and he, yeah, they couldn't get near him in midfield. He, like, he, it, it, was, it was almost as a Dan like the, the way he just go past players and like, for a third goal. How good was that? If that was like Messi or Salah did that, everyone would be going mad. But this is Ruben Loftus Cheek is what, 6'2, 6'3, and shouldn't really be doing that. 
he, again, he's another one that's looking quite scarily good at the moment. He's he's in serious form, and it's it's a testament to uh, Tuchel's man management that he's managed to get. Even though these players aren't starting, when they do come on, they're changing the game. They're making impacts, and you know Ziyech, he, like you said earlier, he's he's not been in the team. Rumours that he's going, he comes in as a world of a game, really influences the game. He's keeping all the players happy and keeping all the players playing for him. Mm. And you know it's a testament to the players and Thomas Tuchel in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, as well, Loftus Cheek um, was incredible when he came on, and he is play, another one playing really well. And it is testament to him that, like Engolo Kante, can go off injured, and it doesn't look any different when he comes on. It, it doesn't seem to affect the team at all. Um, mm. I think one of the biggest things as well in our upturning form over the past few games, I think has has been I think Tuchel's adapted Jorginho. Jorginho seems to be another player who's playing slightly higher up the pitch than he was before and playing forward a lot more now than he's, I think he's ever done. I think he got a lot of criticism before for being someone who just passes sideways and backwards. And he does still probably play a majority of his passes sideways and backwards to keep the ball. But he is also taking the ball on the turn now and trying to play forwards into the into the forward players. And I think that's made a big difference over the past couple of weeks just the amount of passes that our midfielders are putting into the forward players. Yeah, 100%. Mm, true, um, true. Hudson Adoy obviously showcased why Bayern wanted him. That's his seventh start in a row. And I, I think we finally got to see how top tier this guy can be when he's got a run of games in him. You know, we talked earlier about would he say left wing back. At, we want to keep him up front because he is, a, it was a masterclass from him, let's be honest. Yeah, I think what's good about him is that he's becoming a bit more direct now, whereas before I think he was playing almost in like a show. I think he was playing way too safe. Um, he almost didn't look... He looked confident, but not like he didn't like almost back himself to get past the player, but now... That could have been because of the injury, you know, because yeah, you it, think, it oh, been. I don't want to, you know, aggravate you know it. The same could be said for Loftus-Cheek. He almost might have just been a bit timid about trying to go past the player in case he gets injured again. Yes. You know, but now that they're sort of backfiring, especially into the door, I've been very impressed with him because he's... His finishing's excellent, and he, he's he's affecting the games. He's running at defenders, and he's lightning across the ground. His feet are so quick. So now that he's been more direct, he, he's impacting the game more. And you know, Chris has, has gone on numerous times and said that our attackers are not creating enough, and this and that. And that's absolutely correct. He's been right there. But the past couple of games, especially against Leicester as well, our attackers are influencing the game now, we, and that's scary for the Premier League. I think. Hudson Adore is banging form. Ziyech, I thought, was good against Leicester as well. Uh, really good against Juventus. Um, Pulisic, mm, I don't think he's he's at strike. I, th- I think he's probably a worse player against Juventus, but he scored against Leicester. So it's all starting to click now. And we've come in a real, real force. So it's seemingly hard to stop. We're getting goals all over the pitch. Um, and Hudson Adore, you know, Trevor Chalabur and Rhys James and, and Lafter Cheek, all academy graduates. As a Chelsea fan, that is, that is brilliant to see. I, I never thought I'd see the day where. You know, our these three graduates would um score in the Champions League, like so. I think you know, and I think a lot of people thought that. I didn't think. I think a lot of people thought uh, Chelsea never play the youngsters, but now we are, and, and we're looking really, really good for it. That is the perfect segue for me to go. Is this group of academy graduates the best since the mythical and iconic class of '92? Mm, I think they, they have. They have to win a league for that. I think. I think that they've got Champions League. Yeah. But I mean, they have. 
Hudson Adoy and Chalaber didn't really play, or Chalaber didn't play any part in it, and Hudson Adoy played a bit part. So I think this season with them two in the team, Loftus Cheek in the team, Mount still in the team, Hudson Adoy playing more regularly. I think if we was to win the league this year, then we could start talking about that. But they definitely have the potential to bring success to the club for, well, what, a decade. So, like, the foundations there now are really good. And I think Thomas Tuchel said it about it's really important that when you have got talented young kids that they're surrounded by good foreign imports. And I think he's right there. I think that is a good balance. And I think that's the balance we've got right now. Our young players that are coming in, they are surrounded by all our foreign players are good professionals and good players and good leaders on the pitch. Jorginho, Thiago Silva, Azpilicueta, Lukaku. They're all seasoned pros who will really help these young lads. So they probably don't feel the pressure as much. I think I think what really helps as well. I think you look back to our team, like say three, four, five years ago, and you had players like William Hazard, David Luiz, um, and you had real big egos. Um, you obviously had Mourinho as well there, so there was a lot of clash. And there's, it almost felt like, yes, these players were wonderful players in terms of, but it almost felt like sometimes that the the sort of changing rooms were a bit toxic, and you felt like there was, it was almost a bit of a click. Whereas now it seems like a real there's a real togetherness and a real Good squad harmony um, with the team. Like everyone seems happy, even when they're not playing. Everyone just seems happy, and I think that goes a long way to how well we're performing. Mm. Like the Champions League, oh, you don't see anyone these days who plays Chelsea just shrugging their shoulders, just walking about, ambling about. They want to work for it. They want to work and get better. Oh, you know, you've got your mounts, you've got your Pulisic, you have a ZX. They all run about burner. They'll miss a chance. They run after the ball and try and win it. These young lads come in. They they bust their ass every single game for 90 minutes and look how well they're performing. You've got Thiago Silva, who's, what, 37 now, busted a gut to try and just clear one off the line, you know, injuring himself in the process. Jorginho, who got wrote off by loads of Chelsea fans, decides, you know what, let's knuckle down, I'm going to be a, a leader for Chelsea, and he has been. So, it just seems like a real togetherness now, this Chelsea team, and, and that's what I think is a part of our success as well. Yeah, right. It's time for a quick preview ahead of our game against the current Michael Carrick, Manchester United. Um, the injury news, Kante and Chilwell, obviously, they're they're missing. Havertz could return after he picked up a thigh injury against Leicester last weekend. We're not too sure if he will or not. Um, Lukaku is fit enough to make the bench this midweek, and it looks like he will also be on the bench this weekend. Kovacic, obviously, he's out. As it stands, we sit top of the Premier League after nine wins, two draws and one defeat from 12 games. We've obviously swept aside Juventus. We sit top of our Champions League group. And now I say we're up against Manchester United, who are absolutely awful. And we know who's managing, refereeing the game. What are we thinking? Anthony Taylor going to spoil our party? Christian wants to this first. I do you know what? I hate games like this, and I hate the fact that they, they've just sacked Solskjaer. Because if, if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was still in charge, I'd have been really confident. Yeah. Do you want to have a fact? We have won one of our past nine meetings in all competitions with them. That's yeah. terrible, that is. It's yeah, so yeah. bad. Look, Burke and I know first-handedly yeah. the game against yeah. Manchester United that we I've watched in the, uh, in the pub pre-pandemic. Oh. Uh, how many goals was it? It was like two, three? Yeah, no, it was two. Yeah, celebrated both of them. 
in a room full of basically mostly Man United fans. And what happens? I get laughed at twice. Good times. Good times. I, really good times. I think, though, that this game is really will show us whether this team can win the league or not. Mm. I think you look at Liverpool. No, no, it's still... I know it was Man United under Solskjaer, but Liverpool went to Old Trafford and absolutely blew them away. Man City went to Old Trafford and taught them a footballing lesson. I know it was only 2-0, but if you if you watch the game, Man United didn't lay a glove on Man City that day. And Man City basically turned up there, played in second gear and won 2-0. Uh, and now they're coming to us and the form that we're in. I watched a bit of them on... I think it was Wednesday night, wasn't it? Or mm, summer against yeah. Villarreal. Um, yeah, Wednesday. First half, they was awful. And they should have been about 3-0 down. So I don't think Michael Carrick's come in and solved all the problems. It's still the same team with the same problems that Solskjaer had. I think we've anything but a win in this game. And then I think the question marks of whether this team can win the league will come back. Because I think, although it's Man United, this isn't Man United as of the Alex Ferguson era. And it's a team that we have to be beaten. I mean, I think that's like seventh or eighth in the league as it stands. So if we were playing another team that was eighth, we'd be saying we should win at home. So I think we should win. No, I find that that's exactly, exactly fair. Um, we always have questions. I've got to put this. We last beat them in November 2017. There was only one goal scored that day at Stamford Bridge. C- can you name the goal scorer? Alvaro Morata. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, but oh, I really expect to get you there. Sorry, I'm sorry. Don't worry. That uh, guest of player question's coming up soon. I guarantee I won't be able to get that. So you'll have me there. It's also though another fact, fun fact though. This is Chelsea's longest current run without a win against any Premier League club. Yeah, we need to win. <laughs> we need to. We have not beat. This is basically. There's no other team that we have failed to beat in. You know, what I mean? games. Yeah. Yeah. This is a bad streak. To, we need to break the streak. We do. Surely, surely we can't lose. Surely. I, I mean, we're at Stamford Bridge. It's half four on a Sunday. You'd like to think that um, we'll do the job. Yeah. The problem is, like, it's one of them where they are too bad that they can't get any worse. And you just know it'll be the 90th minute and Ronaldo will pop up with a, a goal in the last minute. It's going to be an interesting. Win. It's going to be an interesting Sunday because you've got Man City, West Ham, which who would have thought that's a top top clash in the league it is now i mean huge mm. um you got obviously burnley and spurs so burnley are going to be chuffed with their easy walkover victory there uh you enjoying your job antonio conte i watched that back end of that game the uh, last night it was that was interesting i, I, yeah. I think what the funny thing is with spurs right really funny they're spurs it's so funny they're just oh, they spurs, were so they? bad they are just spurs and they always will be and it's just brilliant to see to be fair, I, I chuckle because Antonio Conte and European competition don't go well. They don't. They don't. They don't. So it was like... But who were they playing? How can they lose to someone called Mora? They were the Slovenian champions, I believe. Wow. They're fifth now in the Slovenian league, Yeah, I think. Someone's been doing 11, his research. They were formed 11 years ago. That's like... I think that's... When did Spurs win their last trophy in 2008? Yes, it was yeah. against us. 13 years, 13 years ago, and they've been going for 11 years. So what does that say? What does yeah. that say? Well, according to Wikipedia, it says nine years ago. That's old. even worse. Wow. That's it. Fair <laughs> play. I mean, fair play for, you know, they did they did a did a job on 
Spurs. So we, we like them. We like them here. Um, so uh, you know what time it is. Before we sign off, who is that former blue? At the start, I said he owns a Champions League runners-up medal. He also has two League Cup winners medals to his name. He was voted Young Player of the Year for both Chelsea and one other club, whom he was on loan to. And that he played with Ashley Cole, Stephen Berghaus and Tyrone Mings all at club level. Any ideas? I have absolutely no idea. I have no idea. It's To be honest with you, it's the players he's played with that's threw me off. Yeah. Because Tyrone Mings has only been at, what, Bournemouth? Who was he before Bournemouth? Ipswich, was it? And yeah. now Villa. So who, who is that going to be? So I'll give you some extra clues. He is a defender. He mm. is eligible to play for the Ivory Coast. But he doesn't represent them. He represents another country in Europe. The runners-up medal was not with Chelsea. Now, I threw that in because of 2012. I thought Ashley Cole and that, you might go, oh, not 2012, 2008, sorry. Um, I thought you might get... I was was thinking that. I thought that might be a little, yeah. Um, Okay, so I'll say say who he played with at club level, at what, what particular clubs. So Ashley Cole was obvious. He played with him at Chelsea. Stephen Berghouse was at Watford when what he was on loan there for a season. He played with Tyro Mings at Bournemouth. Any any good any clues? Ah, uh, I think I know who it is. Berth, I think. Sure. I think... I'm, no, I'm I'm stumped. Go on, Chris. Are you going to get it right? Let's see. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh, is it Nathan Ake? It is yeah, indeed. Yeah, it is, it is indeed. The final oh. two bits were that. He represents the Netherlands, which I thought would probably give it away, and that he joined his current club for a reported fee of forty-one million last year. Nathan Aki, yeah. I, I went through his. I had to go through his time in, on loan, see if he played with anyone really like out there. And I thought Stephen Berghaus, who was also on loan for one random season at Watford, I thought that'll do. I never knew that. I never knew. Oh, that. I didn't know that. I didn't realise he was there. What Berghaus or yeah yeah Berghaus, Berghaus. No, I didn't, I didn't yeah Berghaus, so. Watford really did used to pick up some some top players I mean Berghaus obviously is at Ajax now but he he mm. spent he spent a season at Watford for like oh. nine games yeah I, well. yeah fair play I don't know how they got got him but yeah <laughs> that's absolutely amazing it's what a signing um, but yeah but that with that we've come to the end of another episode of at the Bridge Pod so you can find us on Twitter as always if you search for at, at the bridge pod and if you listen on apple podcast you could leave us a, a nice five-star review we appreciate that so till uh, monday that will be us signing off <laughs>